Hello, everyone. It's Jerry at the Fledge, and welcome to another episode of Every Damn Day. So uh, today we're going to mix things up a little bit. Um, a couple of changes in the way that we're going through the show, and one announcement that I have to make that's not extremely well defined yet. But uh, Mr. Joe Walker, the champ who was on the show last week, him and I have decided to create an alliance uh, between the Every Damn Day show and the thisent.com website. So I think he's going to start posting the show on there and doing a little write-up or something about it. And we're going to get more involved maybe with some of the content on thisent.com or whatever. We don't know what we're doing, but we think it's a good idea. And we're going to move forward and keep taking steps. So shout out to Joe Walker and thisent.com. Now, I'm excited about my next guest um, because I, I just love the project that uh, she is working on. Uh, shout out to the Arts Council, but we'll do that again. And I want to get right into that. So, hi, Alexandra. How you doing? Doing great. How are you? <laughs> I am doing well. So, uh, um, you mind telling us where you're at? Yeah. So, I'm sitting in the isolation chamber at the Pledge <laughs> right now and uh, in Lansing, Michigan. And my name's Alexandra. I am a ceramic artist. Uh, I'm a professional tile setter. I'm also a bartender and a kind of artist of many hats and trades. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm putting you- together a project. <laughs> when you said isolation chamber in the fledge, I'm thinking, man, a sensory deprivation chamber at the fledge would be I super did awesome. One for the first time, like a week ago oh, down really? in Columbus. And yeah, I, it was everything I wanted it to be. And I, yeah, definitely think I want to do it some more. <laughs> I, uh, I've never done it and I, I can't remember the movie uh like with jeff bridges or someone like that in it um that uh first kind of turned me on to it and i would love that i would love that yeah Um, yeah so was that expensive to do well you know we i was visiting friends who lived down there and they had they have some really nice facilities for these down in columbus and they have like a monthly membership, but haven't been able to go for all of COVID. So they had like a buildup of 20 floats to do. And we're like, yeah, let's go do this while we're here. And I was like, yeah, cool. I've wanted to do one for a while and can't get anyone to go do it with me. <laughs> How long did it last? An hour. You know what? I bet you some people might not know what that is. So yeah, what it is, it's basically this, uh, kind of capsule that to look at it made me feel like maybe I would be claustrophobic, even though that's not a normal normal fear of mine. But um, it's full of wa- salt water, a thousand pounds of Epsom salts. And so, and the temperature is right at your body temperature. And so you float perfectly in this tank and it's it's completely dark. And it's like the closest thing you get to like pure sensory deprivation, I guess, which it kind of 
did get that way. Um, and you do get just sort of lost in not being aware of your surroundings at all. See, I want to do it because of my claustrophobic uh, mm -hmm. kind of feelings and just see if it would help me or if I, I hopefully you can pound on the door and say, let me. <laughs> you can, you can turn the light on and they had a couple different versions of it where if you were claustrophobic, it was more like a room that then mm -hmm. you could turn the lights off. But I did the little capsule one um, and yeah, I don't know. Once you got in and like shut the door, I was like, okay, I, I think I can do this. <laughs> was it uh, meditative, relaxing? Did you hallucinate? Did you, anything like that? A little bit of everything. Um, <laughs> I guess it was really cool. You kind of didn't feel the difference between the water and the air after a little while. And I didn't know if my eyes were open or closed. You could, I could kind of see the outline of the door, which I didn't like. I've spent time in a photography darkroom before mm -hmm. where then when your eyes get totally adjusted, you can see every little yeah. pinpoint yeah. of light in the room. And so, I, yeah, yeah. It, to me, did everything I try to do when I try to meditate, just like sitting in the normal, like, like the usual meditation stance. But that's always like, you feel I get too distracted by my body, like my arm itches or my butt hurts or foot's falling yeah. asleep or something. And so this was just like not really any of those things. That that I'm well, there's six minutes on a, a tangent. This show's gonna last three hours today. <laughs> I know way, everyone. I haven't um, chatted with many people in like a year, so you know there's that, a lot built up here. <laughs> that, but no, I'm. I mean, that was fascinating. I, I've <laughs> always wanted. That's a yeah. Um, I think that's the longest intro we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> so, I recommend uh, sensory deprivation takes. <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna look this up if I gotta drive to Columbus. There's one like, in Lansing now. Oh, there Delta is. Delta floats. It's called, and I've never gone to it, but I've, I've heard decent reviews about it. All right, got to check that out. Delta floats. So let's uh, let's talk about you a little bit more, but maybe earlier back. Uh, where were you born and raised, and where'd you go to school, and what got you to do what you do right now? Yeah. Um, well, I was born in in the greater Lansing area, grew up in Mason, Michigan, and went to school there all the way through school and grew up, uh, I guess, not exactly on a farm, but around the corner from my whole extended family's farm where my dad had grown up. So, I mean, the, the members of my, there's probably like 150 people in my extended family. So just growing up with like lots and lots of relatives and oh, this person's my second cousin, but you know, we're, we grew up down the road from one another. And um, that formulated a lot of my childhood. And yeah, uh, was always really artistic. Um, was really into music when I was a younger person. And then when I got to college was um, struggling a lot with the fact that they made you choose a major because I wanted to major in about 25 different things. And I was uh, 
kind of upset. I had to I had to pick something. And I chose art because I was taking a pottery class at the time and it was very meditative and just, uh, I don't know what it hit in my heart right then. And it felt very right. And I figured any, I will never get tired of art. I've learned since then I can get tired of art, but um, only when it's like work, work. Mm, so I got to be careful about my balance with that. But yeah, any topic I'm interested in, I can fit that into an artistic creative um, realm. And so that's kind of how I've proceeded in trying to trying to pursue some kind of creative life and yeah. follow. Where, I'm interested. Where, where'd you go to college? Um, I went to school in Kalamazoo, Kalamazoo College. And oh, an awesome place. Yeah. It was, it's a really awesome place. And I was really attracted there because it was very small and uh, very progressive, which wasn't really the atmosphere I had grown up around. Um, and not necessarily with family, but more in the broader community. And um, also their study abroad program was a huge draw. Um, I really wanted to travel and still want to travel every place I possibly can. So one thing, I just want to give a, another shout out to Kalamazoo College, because this is a gem of a university or college in Michigan that most people don't know how great this school is. This is a very good school, right? Yeah, I mean, it. it <laughs> It opened me in in ways. Yeah, I, I had a fantastic experience there. You know, they, they really pack so much in into it in a way that I don't think I ever would have gotten at a large school or, you know, state school or something. There, I had a guy on the show a couple of weeks ago. He went to some school in Vermont and he it was in the 70s and he got to uh, just define his own degree and what it meant to get the degree. So he didn't really have to declare a major. It was just, this is what it is. And yeah. then they approve it somehow. And yeah. Yeah. So did you, did you travel abroad? I did. Yeah. Um, you go? I spent uh, about seven months in Nairobi, Kenya mm -hmm. in 2007 and eight. And, uh, that was actually a really super defining moment in my life. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, we were talking earlier about about happiness and sadness. And um, I learned during that time, during the year I was there, uh, there was a presidential election that um, went very awry. And the very, very condensed version of the story is uh, there were riots for a couple of months after it was a huge, it was an international news event. And I lived in a building that was like in the background on world CNN, you know, all the world news stations, um, witnessing, well, they, one to 3000 people died in the conflict after that. And, um, so w witnessing that and then feeling lots of feelings about the fact that I'd come to, you know, just love this culture. I was living with a host family um, then. And also like just the feelings of uh, being able to leave and come back to my own country and 
thinking even before, well, I'm, a, I, I'm grateful for the things I have, but not even having any idea until I returned home, just like just how much um, we, we do take for granted living in this place. <laughs> I know exactly the event you were talking about. I was in Dubai at the time when that was going on. And there's a lot of Kenyan refugees that make it to Dubai. And so there was a whole community that was rallying around the people. And I mm -hmm. think like what the old guy tried to steal the election or right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So the incumbent president rigged the election. Um, the, the other candidate, and there's also a lot of um, tribal cultural stuff yeah. involved in that. It goes back to colonialism and, and before as well. And it, it it's really to witness as an outsider was, um, really, really eye-opening. I, I could spend another 20 minutes talking about this with you. Um, we might have to do a different show sometime. <laughs> um, so let's talk about your projects. So sure. you've got the big one with the Shiawassee Street uh, Mosaic Project. I said that all right? Yeah, yep, Shiawassee Street Mosaic Project. Quite and a mouthful. I, I couldn't come up with anything else. <laughs> I'm going to share your Facebook page, but would you mind uh, telling us about it? Sure. Yeah. So um, this project is kind of based on a vision I've had over the last probably more than 10 years of um, being really enamored with ceramics as a material and so excited as I, I didn't really learn what it was until I was, you know, 19, 20 years old and had never done like art classes really in school because I was really involved in like music and theater stuff. And um, so I guess it, like I just, as I learned all the things, you can make ceramics look like any material you want and um, just got excited to showcase that. And also ceramics is like at the same time, what we have artifacts of, you know, to learn more about human life or life a very long time ago. And at the same time, it's also this very fragile material that I've had pieces I've worked for weeks on just like crash to the floor and be nothing. You know, and I, I guess the, those kind of juxtapositions and contrasts are super fascinating to me. And to just kind of push, push an experiment with those is, um, yeah, is really cool. And I just want to share that with other people. And so what this project is, is really me kind of designing a mosaic, but then also, um, I have so far over 300 people have made tile that is going to be a part of this. And there will be more opportunities um, in the coming couple months. And especially now that we're, um, it's getting a little bit easier to get together with people. Um, and the weather is nice, so we can do more outdoor things, but um, tile workshops and just teaching people more about clay and getting people engaged within this city and thinking about what do they love about Lansing? Um, how do they feel connected and belonging and tied in here? Um, that was kind of where I was coming from in putting together this project. Because to me, sometimes as an artist, it feels a little bit like I feel selfish in just being like, 
here's all my stuff, look at it. Um, <laughs> and partly it's just like, no, I, I just want to share it. And I also want you to experience the experience I get when I make art. That, I love how you've built all that in. It's such, it's deeper than just some surface thing. Hey, I'm gonna go get a bunch of kids to do this and da da da. It's the, I love the experience part because that that's the joy in art for the artist in a lot of ways, right? Is that creating process. Yeah. But everybody else gets to see, like it almost gets handed over to the public and they right. don't get to see that other part. Yeah. yeah. And to me, that's a lot of it. Like the end is just like, yeah, I did that. This is what I come at, came up with. <laughs> so uh, you must be like a continual thinker. You must think in spectrums all the time, like nothing's right or wrong or nothing. Like it's all kind of a spectrum. Is I've tried. True? Yeah, I've tried not to let myself get too boxy in my thinking. And there have been moments in my life where it has gotten more that way. And then I need to make adjustments to I, I've realized somewhat recently I'm 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 very chaotic in my thoughts, but I also really thrive with that. But then I get overwhelmed, too, and distractible and so it's really just a balance of like trying to hone hone in on like focused, but also not so much so that you are uh, suffocating yourself. Yeah. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about after the show too. Because <laughs> number one, I, I love this idea of the clay, like kind of workshops around the place where people, I want to definitely be involved with that somehow. I would um, love for you too. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I'm just so excited and especially, yeah, it's been, this was actually going to be done, supposed to be done last fall. And yeah. so the timeline me, for me psychologically, I'm like, oh, I've been like working toward this for longer than I'd planned at this point. But um, I'm just like ready to go on it now. <laughs> so one thing about, you said the word clay, um, are ceramics and clay the same thing? Are they real close? They're real close. I mean, I guess um, it's funny because the word ceramic is used differently depending on if you're in the art world or in like the trades world, like when you're building mm. houses, yeah. because I've now worked with um, a great mentor for over five years who taught me to do residential tiling and um, you have porcelain and you have ceramic tile there, which porcelain is really a type of ceramic I believe. Um, and, but yeah, ceramic is really in the art world more of what's called stoneware. And it's just kind of differences in what type of earth you're using. Cause really clay is just dug up from the earth and then you heat it to hot temperatures and it chemically changes where it will not break down as easily. Yeah. So that was the question I was going to ask you is have you ever, like dug up clay from the earth and you use that for your art or do well, you do that often? I, I'd like to get more into experiments with that. In one class I had, they were doing construction on a building. And so we went, they had a big hole in the ground. And so we went into the construction site at, that was like 10 or 15 feet dug and dug up some clay from there. And then we'd gone to Lake Michigan and gotten some material from the beach that we used to make a glaze and then did this like wood fired um 
this Japanese style anagama wood fired firing with with these pieces. But other than that one time, I haven't really done that since. I want to do all that that you just said about <laughs> digging up the clay and getting was it sand like a like did you make a glass by heating it sort of or Yeah, yeah, well sand is silica which is which is glass which is the same as what glaze is. Glaze is glass that paints onto a surface and when you heat it it melts and then rehardens, you know, kind of changes and different colors come out depending on what other elements you put into your glaze and um so yeah really i mean ceramic is hardened earth and then glass so it's it's all earth earth things <laughs> this is awesome so one more thing about the shiawasi street mosaic project where where's it going to be installed at so it is going to be installed. Um, I'm going to be starting and in install in the next couple of weeks on the Shiawassee Street Bridge, the portion that runs right by the river trail. Uh, Rotary Park is right near there and um, Lugnut Stadium, the city market is just down really close to there. So on the side of that bridge, there's a picture on the the page too of what the site is. Okay. So we like a lot of my crowd knows exactly where you're talking about. Cause it's our skateboard spot from a long mm -hmm. time ago. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, that's going to be very cool. Are, so are you covering up a piece of art that's there right now? No, there's nothing there right oh, now. Okay. It's um, the South, the, the Southeast side there's kind of like a curve yeah. on the wall and it'll be yeah. everything below the curve and then the portion of the steps that go up to the street okay that's gonna be sweet we'll look at the photo <laughs> um other things there's other projects you do right like you you're you said you're a bartender mm-hmm yep <laughs> so do you want to talk about that at all sure yeah well um I've worked in restaurants off and on um, for a long time 10 plus years and always just really really enjoyed the um the community feeling that you you get in a restaurant and kind of the the teamwork involved in making a restaurant run really well and um down at people's kitchen right now and what i find really cool about that atmosphere is it is just very it's a very open creative environment in which your ideas can be be shared and heard and uh right now we just we we have a crew that is such like a well-oiled machine like it there a restaurant has so many little parts to you know so many small businesses um but when one little thing is off it's just so easy to feel to feel it but um it also feels so good when like everything just works pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Does do you feel like in there? Because you know, I think Jeff's done a really good job of making that open and creative. Am I right? I mean, I'm looking at it as an outsider. Mm -hmm. um, but do you feel that chaos and that thing we were talking about earlier inside of there sometimes? But I I enjoy the chaos of being in the middle of a rush when you're busy yeah. and doing your thing. Like, um, yeah, just. 
Yeah. I like to move when I'm working. <laughs> um, so yeah. And then you get done and you're like, whew, I'm tired. That was good. I made some money. I love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, what else? Do you have any other projects on the horizon um, after the mosaic one or during? Yeah. Well, I have I have some ideas in the works um, and I have a couple of things I I haven't quite solidified yet. But um, after this project is finished in it, I'm hoping to get finished like mid mid summer and I, I'd like to do more of this kind of thing. Just, uh, I, I have a new kiln that I got last fall. And so I've been doing custom tile work up until this point along with restaurant work, but I really want to move more into um, skull, all, all the things I can make now that I have a big kiln. Uh, I'm really excited to make three-dimensional things. Um, Man, I love tile, but man, I'm really itching to like uh, have things not be flat anymore too, and be able to mess around with gravity and heating things up really hot and seeing what happens. And yeah. so that's where I that's where I kind of see I'm going next. <laughs> um, what would you kind of say your mission is? Like, why are you doing like why are you doing the Shiawassee Street? art project. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there was a grant from the uh, Arts Council, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, but, the reason I, sorry, where's your free I was just thinking, but that <laughs> I know it's not for the money. I just, have, I was going to say that, but I'm interrupting you. No, you're good. Um, well, I, I wanted to, it's, it's a, it's partly wanting to have people feel more invested and engaged within this place that they live um, and the other people that live around them. Um, I think also to be quite honest as an artist, like I, I always feel a little bit of this like kind of, I don't know if selfish is the right word, but sort of just like, I just want to show you this cool stuff that I've seen or can, can do not to be like, Oh, look at this thing. I can, I don't know, just the inside of my brain looks really um, cool sometimes. And I, I struggle with the fact that I can't like get enough of it out most of the time. So yeah, doing a project like this is just um, an opportunity to, to do all sorts of work with that. And then it just gets bigger and bigger as you hear all of everyone else's ideas. And they're like, ooh, I wanna make a tile about this. And then I get ideas about like, oh, this section could go like this based around this, you know, this tile or these themes here. So, yeah. <laughs> How would you articulate like the mission that you're on or the vision that you have for, you know, what's the right word? Like what's what's the thing you want to tell your grandkids or something? I don't know where you're at with that, but um, <laughs> you know that you accomplished or that you changed or that you did. I want art, I want the work that I make to make a difference to other people in their lives. And um, that experience I had had in Kenya, there was another portion of the experience where like literally simultaneously, one of my best childhood friends was, um, was killed. And it was, 
a very mysterious, uh, really terrible circumstance. And when I came home, um, I had no idea what I was going to do with myself. I had, I, the bottom had just been like yanked out from under me and I had no idea what anything was about anymore. And that is really when I dug hard into art and I didn't know anything about therapy back then really. And um, I just really dug into making art cause I could not tell, I could not tell people about what had happened cause there was absolutely no way to describe it. Um, it because this crazy thing had happened in Kenya simultaneously this crazy thing had happened in Michigan and both were like super close to my heart and no one I knew other than maybe one friend who um, had been a really good friend before going to Kenya you know like no one could really relate to that um, and I yeah I kind of just tried to figure out how to do my own therapy with that and art was the thing that was like well, I can get up in the morning and make something um, and, you know, try to get through this day. <laughs> so, you know, I asked the question, what do you do every damn day to push your mission forward? And it seems like art might be the obvious answer. I always feel silly asking that question sometimes. But what is something you do every damn day to push your mission forward? Quite honestly, I don't make art every day. Um, I don't make as much art as I would like, but what I do every damn day, especially that I have uh, worked on more during this past year, a lot more isolation is just uh, reaching out more to keep to people who, you know, as I think of people, oh, I should talk to them, like, mm. we'll just do it. <laughs> yeah. So I guess reaching, reaching out more has has been something that's pushed me along especially recently and you know i i think that you know that that's something all of us could do a lot better um creating connection or maintaining connections creating connections to just keep each other you know an eye on each other make sure we're okay uh lift each other up all of that they they often say like connection is the opposite of addiction but I think it's the opposite of depression. It's the opposite of uh, violence. It's the opposite of so many things. And I just feel this big swell of depression that's turning into anger right now. And we see it in the shootings and the yeah. fights and the arguments. And I love what you're doing because, you know, it's a, it's a way to combat that. Right, right. It's a way to to process those things that, you know, we can't, we can't just push it away because it doesn't go away. And so we have to figure out how to live within it and how do we push forward in a positive manner um, without destroying ourselves in the process. Yeah. You're a badass. <laughs> so we daisy chain these shows together. And yesterday on the show, I had, uh, um, Oh, shoot. <laughs> Sorry, I had Najima. And her question to you was, uh, um, what brings you joy? And we are going to talk about this a little bit later on, too. But what brings you joy? What brings me joy 
is we talked a little bit about connection and community already. Um, that feeling of, of feeling connected and feeling that others are feeling connected definitely brings me a lot of joy. And also um, seeing movement and progress in, a, in good directions or just uh, optimism and potential um, while also being realistic. Um, but just seeing, seeing the forward movement of anything definitely brings me a lot of joy. <laughs> Tomorrow on the show, we have Jenna and uh, McShane Photography. Uh, I, I keep forgetting her last, her new last name. Sorry. Um, I'll get it by tomorrow, though. Ho Hovey. Was, Hovey. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Hovey? Hovey? <laughs> Jenna. Blame, however I say it, I'm blaming you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, what question would you like to ask Jenna? <coughs> um, what thing, what are you most proud of yourself about? And I flipped that question on you. So what thing are you most proud of yourself about? I am proud of myself for bravery and stepping into things that are uncomfortable to me. What is bravery? Because I think people mix it up a lot. But I think you put it in the definition, right? In what Maybe stepping said. into things that are uncomfortable to me or <laughs> scary. <laughs> and knowing that still being afraid is okay. Yeah. I've been, it's funny that you say this. I feel like a lot of synchronicity in the show right now because a lot of things you're talking about, I've been thinking about. And I've been thinking about how people manage fear. They don't manage risk. And if they would manage risk, then they could, they, they could see bravery a little bit more. But by managing fear and just avoiding things they're scared of is yeah. not doing anybody a favor. We are not yeah. learning when we're in that phase. Yeah, we have to go toward, I literally was just having a conversation <laughs> with my dad right before this. And we were talking about making decisions either as a person or as a country. Uh, we we're just talking about the larger world and how make making decisions and setting up structures or restructuring things, not based on fear, but going toward a vision you want to go toward and how the results with that kind of vision are so much better than when you're making decisions based on like this weird, I'm going toward this, but I'm also like, retreating from it at the same time because I'm afraid. <laughs> if we could eliminate that fear mongering, I think we would be much better off. We're always trying to scare each other into doing something we want the other person to do. And it's a horrible thing to do. Mm -hmm. So dang, we should have your dad on the show too. <laughs> he, can, he can talk more than me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right, we're going to get into a, this is where I'm changing things up a little bit. And I asked you the question a little bit earlier, and I'm going to kind of group all three things together for this show, but change it for tomorrow. Um, what is happiness to you? And are you happy? 
what brings you joy, you already answered, and what gives you hope, you sort of built into the answer of the joy thing too. So happiness, joy, hope, and then sadness. How do these four things kind of, how do you look at that? So happiness to me is, I've always like thought of happiness versus satisfaction. Um, whereas satisfaction is a place I truly want to get that is a more solid baseline versus happiness can come and go day to day. I'm in a good mood today or not. Um, and satisfaction is more of a broad holistic kind of view, at least in my definition of how I'm talking about this, but, um, what else? Joy, hope. What was the other thing? And happiness. And happiness. Oh, and joy, happiness, sadness, joy, and hope. And sadness. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think sadness is important within the happiness or the saddest. Happiness, I guess, isn't so important to me, although I, I like happy times. Um, but the the overall satisfaction and um, I think experiencing suffering and sadness and difficult times and feeling feeling broken in, in some way or having something just break you somehow um, in those those moments really break open and bring out something that when we are feeling, happiness or the satisfaction that um to me allows me to appreciate it so much more fully than um i ever did before you know when there was a time when i think back where i like hadn't hadn't suffered or gone through a hard time in my life yet <laughs> yeah. i I love that we're talking about this. You and I talked a little bit before, and I'm kind of making this up as we go. I mean, I've done the show so many, such the same way for about 250 times. Mm -hmm. And I just, I want to ask you a question. What's the word mosaic mean? What's a good <sighs> definition of that word? That's a good question. Mosaic means, well, technically speaking, it means... A, a work of art, uh, you traditionally made of, of tile or glass, um, that is a bunch of little pieces that make a larger piece. And honestly, that's a that's another cool thing I find about this mosaic project is that you have there are going to be thousands of works of art within this larger yeah. piece made by so many hands have touched it. I got some tiles back the other day and she was like, oh, sorry, my cat's hair is all over it. And I'm like, that's great. Your cat is going to be a part of this. Like my dog's hair is all over all these tiles. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that to me is kind of a metaphor, a, a physical representation of what connection and community really means. And, I, you know, as you were talking about this, again, a spectrum of these feelings and sadness and happiness and satisfaction and all of that, it just 
I started just seeing the mosaic of these feelings coming together and want to examine that a little bit more because I think I might change the whole way I asked the question okay. and center it maybe around the mosaic or the spectrum of what is, you know, it really is coming from what does the pursuit of happiness really mean to you? And that's what I've been trying to get at. And that's maybe what I should just ask. <laughs> what does the pursuit of happiness mean to me? I guess the, like the very stereotypical answer is the, it's the journey, not the destination. Yeah. <laughs> um, trying to enjoy and, uh, pull meaning, I guess. I really love to analyze meaning or wonder about the meaning of things or chat with people about, you know, what did this mean to you? What was your perspective on this? Here's mine. Um, meaning. And yeah, to me, that, that makes the journey uh, very worthwhile. I've really been doing a lot of examination of the American dream since I started the Fledge. So our mission is to create opportunities to pursue happiness. And um, I don't think that that is given to everybody freely. I don't think it's a right. I don't think that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is something that we're all given. There's racial bias. There's all kinds of inequities. And um, yeah, you got me thinking. Glad I had an artist on today when I was doing this transition. I think you just made me a lot better. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, what what did we forget to talk about? Hmm. Mm. I don't know, probably a million things. <laughs> well, well, we definitely want to do some workshops and we kind of talked about that. Do you have any planned yet? Yeah, so um, kind of this new format, now that we've kind of fully gotten into what is starting to feel like real summer weather, which is what I've been waiting for, um, we needed to kind of get past that risk of freezing at night um, mm. before I really want to start putting things on the wall. Um, so as of this point, I'm thinking starting next week, I have kind of open office hours at my studio, which is also my house, um, on the east side. And, uh, so it, it's, the studio is really my garage and driveway. And so Tuesdays and Wednesdays from about three to dark, um, I will just be there kind of clocked in working, working on things. And so people are welcome to stop by if they would like to make a tile, if they would like to um, just check it out, see what I'm, see what I'm doing, um, help with discussions of whatever, you know, whatever part of it I'm trying to figure out right then. Um, so that is one way that people can get involved. Also, there will be more uh, set set events to do workshops. I believe on June 10th, um, I'm participating with um, 501, um, an event that they are doing downtown. And now I'm it, forgetting the name of the event, but- I'm forgetting it too. We talked about it yesterday. Thing happening. Yeah. Um, I, I'm gonna be doing some kind of workshop there and 
we're going to be chatting a little bit about how I can switch up um, my usual format for workshops to be able to get more engagement um, or have have different types of themes that people can do. So. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, um, in a couple weeks, I'm going to be starting to put this up. Uh, I have a few other people who who will be helping me somewhat, um, and there will be plenty of opportunities, I think, for for people who want to get involved and uh, yeah, whether to see or uh, yeah, in many ways. <laughs> in in. Uh so you, I don't think you gave your exact location for where your house is, which is perfectly fine. What if somebody, how, what if someone did want to come, how did they find the location? Yeah. So, um, if you just go to the Facebook page, which is, it's on Facebook, Shiawassee street mosaic project, or I also have an Instagram, um, same, same thing. Shiawassee street mosaic project, I think is the full name for it. So if you message me on either of those and say, I want to stop by your house and go to workshop, I'll send you my address. Okay. Um, I just didn't want to post it publicly. Uh, that I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> That's what I was trying to get at too. So, um, and that is Tuesday and Wednesday, three to dark. Yep. Maybe right. some other days in there too, but I will, um, I need to get up to speed on my posts on the, on the page and just fill in on, on what exactly is going on right now. Cause I know I haven't updated it in a little bit. Okay. Um, so we'll watch for that. What would you like to take us out with? Um, so much of this year, to, in my experience of it has felt like treading water and just keeping yourself steady because I knew I had to, um, to keep it all together. And now I think as we're starting to emerge a bit more, um, you know, being higher rates of vaccination and hopefully lower rates of the virus, you know, sooner rather than later, um, don't lose sight of where we're at in the journey, I guess, because I, I do see us going, um, in great forward directions because of that, because of, you know, all the suffering that has taken place for many of us in the last year on so many different levels. Um, stick with it. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for being part of our community and thanks for making us stronger, more creative, more innovative. It helps. It's super important. So every damn day, every damn day at 2 p.m. Uh, stay tuned for tomorrow for Jenna and I will see you later. Have a great day, Alexandra. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you. See ya. <laughs>